Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, football, college football, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting. And your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Barguero, and welcome to another episode of the Bleed Lows podcast. Uh, I am your guest host for today, filling in for, for Juan, and uh, it'll be Roger and myself today. So, Roger, thanks for letting me uh, uh, take the horn today and, 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 and fill in the spot for, for Juan. It, feels, feel, it doesn't feel too bad, so I'm excited about the, our conversation today. Yeah, Juan, Juan's at the game right now, so he's uh, probably wrapping up some uh, interviews with Doc and and the players, um, they just wrapped up their series with the Tigers. So, yeah, and and let's start with that, right? Getting right into the series with the Tigers. Ti- Dodgers took two out of three. It's what you want to do: win at home. Um, how do you feel? I want to get your thoughts. How do you feel about the performance these uh, first three games here with the Tigers in this homestand? So, I mean, obviously, right? They're playing the Tigers, right? They're not not the greatest team. I mean, they're not like the worst either, right? I mean, they're kind of probably like middle of the road, a little bit under five hundred, but um. Yeah, I mean, I'll take, I'll definitely take the two out of three. You know, hoping maybe they kind of sweep. Uh, but the last two games were kind of sluggish, right? I mean, they, the yeah. the second game they end up winning in the ninth, and then today they end up uh, losing four to two. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, were they just you know kind of playing down to the competition as we've seen them play, you know, do before, or you know, I mean, I don't think it's nothing to worry about. But you know, two out of three ain't bad. But you know, would have loved to see that 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 um that series sweep. Yeah, you're right about that. Two out of three isn't bad. You want to win these series. Um, nothing to worry about. The Dodgers have the division, all that good stuff. We get it. Um, but like you said, they did come off a little bit sluggish the last two days. I thought the same thing. I think it's really hard to stay motivated this time of the season when you know it's a nice problem to have, I guess, when you're up 14 games and you've already clinched the division. You've had some time to celebrate. You're going to see guys take a rest. Although I do like what Doc is doing that it's pretty much the same lineup right now since they've clinched the division, maybe with one guy resting here or there, he's rotating it, but I think he's trying to keep that pedal, you know, pedal to the metal, as they say. So the team somehow feels like they're playing games that are meaningful. I will say this though. I'm really excited for the giant series this weekend. Um, well, I don't know if I'm really excited. I'm excited, <laughs> but I'm excited for the series because even though they don't, it doesn't mean as much for for the Dodgers and the Dodger faithful, it means a lot for the Giants because, well, one, we have a chance to put them away 
pretty much by Sunday. I mean, they're they're really hanging on by by the thread. I, I, there were three and a half games out of the last wild card spot going into the evening. I have to check up the standings, but we can we could really deliver the knockout punch by Sunday. And so I think there's. I like it for the Dodgers. I like it for us because it gives us a reason to want to win. It's not the Tigers. Let's face it. Nobody cares about the Tigers. But it's the Giants. You want to beat them. It's your rival. You can put them away. You know they're going to play their butts off because they're playing for something. that They're hanging on to their lives. So I think I think this is good for us in terms of prepping us and keeping us in playing meaningful baseball, right? Yeah, and, and like you said, they're they're struggling pretty bad. I just heard right now as, as the game went off the air, I think they've lost twenty five out of their last thirty road games. So they're really they're really struggling. They've fallen, you know. I think like you said, three and a half back. Um, and, you know, and th- at this time of the season, with about what twelve games or so left, you know, getting a deficit about three games, three and a half, four games. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much you know you're pretty much done. So. They're going to need a big weekend if they want to get back into that race, that wild card spot. But like you said, the Dodgers could could off could give them that final blow, right? If they, you know, they went two out of four, three out of four, sweep them, they're done. Oh, and I think that would be sweet. I think it would be great. And I think you almost have to win at least three out of four this weekend, because if you don't do that, if you if you lose a three out of four, you, you don't want to go into the final week of baseball even more sluggish getting the giants on a high you let these guys possibly get into the playoff spot get some momentum you don't want to give the giants momentum i guess is what i'm saying at the expense of your own momentum and so that's why i i like the fact that we're playing the next four games means something you know the, uh, it doesn't mean the world but it means something and i think one of the things we're going we we're going to talk about and i guess we can jump into it is you know should the dodgers continue to keep you know their foot on the gas in hopes that they can reach. I mean, they're within striking distance of reaching the Atlanta Braves for that number one spot. There's two schools of thought, right? There's the, do we do we play all out? Do we give it 100%? We put the starters out there. We play meaningful baseball at the risk of maybe someone getting injured or getting tired or so, but because we want that number one seed in the National League, or do we just say, look, we're fine where we're at right now. We already bought ourselves a buy for the first series, you know, we're good here. We're okay if we don't play at home against the Braves. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I, and I was at the game the other day where, where Doc was actually talking about uh, kind of about that, like the, the risk of injury, right? Like these guys still going out there. And, you know, yeah, that, that risk is is real. And, and he even mentioned that, you know, any guy could go get out there any game, right, and get hurt, right? They're referring also to, right. remember the last, last game of the season when Max Muncy got hurt? So stuff like that, it's it's very odd, right, and weird when stuff like that happens. It's not nothing that pretty much happens all the time. That was a very odd situation when that happened. And but you know you got to go out there, you got to continue to play your guys because also too you don't want to put them on the bench, and they're not playing for the next two weeks, right? And then all of a sudden, hey, it's playoff time. What can time to play? So you got to give them consistent playing time. And um, you know, like you said, the Braves. I think today they were about two or three games back, but the Braves do do hold the tiebreakers, so. I mean, if they catch them, um, I mean, I've been hearing a lot of a lot of people saying like, no, we're fine with the number two seed because a lot of a lot of uh, people are worried about the Phillies uh, yeah. getting getting yeah. the Phillies. Um, <laughs> but then when you look at it too, also the other thought is okay, if if you're the number one seed, right? Um, I mean, Dodgers advance, Braves advance. Everybody's thinking it's going to be Braves, Dodgers, and LCS, right? Wouldn't you rather be home for a game seven against the Braves as opposed to? on the road for a game yeah. seven against the Braves. And I think if they match up, 
it's probably going seven games because they, they played so. seven games. They played seven games this year. The Braves won four. Dodgers won three. Pretty close games. So you could have easily imagined that series will go seven games. Um, and and another you know another thing I was hearing is, do you want to travel twice to Atlanta right instead of being home, right and keep it you know so. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd love a Game 7 at home as opposed to Game 7 in Atlanta. Yeah, and I, I do think you have to try to get every advantage you can against a team like the Atlanta Braves. I mean, let's call it what it is. The Braves, are, are to me, I'll be honest with you, even though I don't watch as much of American League Baseball as we do in the National League, but for what I'm seeing, I think they're the team to beat. I still think they're the number one team in baseball. I, I could be off, but I really like the way the Braves play. And I think if you can get that home advantage, take any little bit of advantage away from the Braves, you got to do it. I will say this. If the Dodgers don't reach the Braves, and, and I'm okay with that if we don't get there, but if we end up pretty close, maybe a couple of games behind that number one spot, if the Braves slow down going into the postseason, I'll take it. I think that's a good thing. I think it's a moral second place for the Dodgers to know, hey, we're not seven games behind these guys. You know, they didn't win 104 and we won 97. Maybe they won, you know, 98 and they won 101. To know that you were that close and you're not that far off. I think there's something about the Braves right now that's a little bit elusive. They they do tend to intimidate other teams a little bit. I don't don't know if the Dodgers are intimidated by them, but let's call it what it is. You know, that last series didn't go the way we would have wanted to against the Braves. The Braves feel pretty good about themselves going in up against the Dodgers. They they know they're also beat up. We are beat up. We don't have a healthy pitching staff. It's not the way we thought things were going to work out a year ago with no Bueller and 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 you know no Dustin May and uh, no Gonsolin and of course no Urias. A tough spot for the Dodgers. And so I, I think any advantage that we can get. I think it's going to be big. I'd like to see them continue to play their starters, have a good shot at trying to get that first spot. But if we don't, at least we get to um, avoid that first round best of three series that I don't think anybody wants to do because that's, that's pretty dangerous stuff. Yeah. And I think they're I think maybe the magic number for that is like two or three games. So they're pretty close to clinching that spot for sure to getting that by. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the rest of the NL West, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, you you have teams like for that last spot. You have uh, uh, the the Diamondbacks, uh, the Reds, the Marlins. They're all kind of positioning themselves. Um, oh, the wild card's exciting right now. Yeah, I mean it's great, and both leagues actually, in, in the NL yep. and AL. So, so I mean, you don't know who you're gonna get, but I mean, as of right now, like this moment, if it ends the way it is, uh, Dodgers would get the winner of the Cubs and the Brewers, and then the Braves would get the winner of the Phillies and the D-backs. So I don't want the Cubs. There's something about, to me, I'm more afraid of the Cubs. To, I don't want to play the Cubs. I think we can beat any one of them. But there's something about the Chicago Cubs right now that just rubs me a little weird. I'd rather play the Brewers. Um, but there's something about Chicago. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's they just seem like they're almost like they're overperforming uh, expectations. But, and when you do that, you know. They, they've been struggling, though, a little. They, they just went yeah. into... Uh, I think the D-backs. I think that they just sweep them this 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 week, and so they've actually flip flopped. So the, I think yeah. the, the the D-backs are in that second spot, and the Cubs are in the in the third wild card. So they're struggling. I mean, the Brewers. The Brewers got a lot of really good pitching, right? In that short series, I mean, you want to have good pitching going. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think either either way is going to be a cakewalk, right? I mean, I mean, if the Phillies come out of the Phillies, could end up beating the Braves, right? You never know. I mean, they could. You know, same thing that happened to the Dodgers, right? Last year, right? They lost yep. to the Padres. I mean, 
Braves are the best team, the team expected to win. But you never know. On paper, right, everything looks good, but you got to play the game. Yeah, baseball is is definitely tricky and is very unpredictable. So you're right about that. By all rights, though, I really hope it is the Braves and the Dodgers, right? They're, they're, they're clearly the two best teams in the National League. And for all intents and purposes, I hope, you know, one of these other teams just don't get a little lucky or red hot and, and, and catch fire. And then all of a sudden you're seeing the Cubs again or something. And it just, you know, I, I get it. But really, it should be the Braves and the Dodgers. I really hope it is. That's the excitement of that series. And it's really the two better teams by far. I really believe that. It's not like you have three or four really close, good teams in the National League. You have the Dodgers and the Braves, and then you have everybody else. Where I feel like in the American League, there's it's tough. There's a lot more parity there in terms of at the top. You have four or five really strong teams that you can roll the dice and say, these guys could go into the into the World Series, and you wouldn't be surprised, right? Um, and so where I think everyone's putting their money on Dodgers or Braves in the World Series, it should be that way. I don't know where I'd roll the dice over in the American League um, because even the American League West is a race. That's a crazy race right now between the Rangers, the Astros, and the Mariners, and the Dodgers didn't do the, the Seattle Mariners any favors with that sweep, and yet they're still in there. And that was a good series. I was really excited. I know I'm a few days removed from that series, but I didn't have a chance to chime in. But I, I, I can't underestimate how big that was for the Dodgers to go on the road against a team they don't face very often, sweep that series against a, a playoff team pretty much, which would be Seattle. And it kind of had that playoff feel. So I was, I was proud of the guys that we got through there, not just won the series, but really beat them up over the weekend. And so I think there's a lot of positive notes going into the end of the season this year that we didn't see last year, even though we won more games last year. I feel like we're finishing a little bit stronger for some reason. I don't know if you agree or if that's just me or. Yeah. I mean, well, Dodgers got 93 wins and they got, yeah. I think like 11 games left. So they could get to a hundred again, once again, hit that right. 100 mark. Right. So they're, they're within striking distance. They just got to finish pretty, pretty strong. Right. I mean, not, they don't Obviously they don't have to win it out, but just, you know, finish pretty strong win win your series. And, and I think they get there. So, you know, back to that Mariners series, like you mentioned, like the Mariners, they're fighting for a spot. And, yeah. and Dodgers, they, they just wanted to clinch, right? They clinched on that Sunday game. They rested everybody, right? And they still ended up winning that, that series. And like, like you said, the Mariners are fighting for a spot. So these guys were really fighting, and the Dodgers were still able to sweep them. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, switching gears just a little bit on that. Um, what a moment yesterday with Bruce Dark Gratterall and his mom, right, at the stadium. Uh, and it's just, it was amazing. I had no idea. I don't know, maybe other folks did, but I didn't have any idea going into the game that his mom had never seen him play in person. And uh, uh, this isn't a guy that just started yesterday. He's been in the league for several years now. And um, what a special moment. But you know, one thing, and then I want to get your thoughts, but one thing that really stood out for me was Dave Roberts. And when you see Bruce Dark Gratterall come off the field after that third out, clearly, you know, trying to hold back the emotions and, and doc just made him stop. Right. And you see him put his arm around him and look up to his mom up there. I thought that was special. And the reason why, as much as I, I, you know, with Juan and all of those, I, I've teased Dave Roberts quite a bit. And I have to admit, I've, I've come around a lot. I've never thought he was a bad manager. I just never gave him a lot of credit for being a great manager, but I'm giving him a ton of credit this year. And the reason why I'm connecting the two together for fans out there listening what you saw, in my opinion, at the end yesterday, that moment he had with Gratterall, 
is the reason why Dave Roberts is who he is. And I was having that conversation with my father just this afternoon, actually, when I stopped by, when I go see him, we were talking about that. And I said, that's what's made him successful. That's why the Padres are struggling. That's what's going on, right? This is a guy, when you talk to the Phil Jacksons of the world, maybe, you know, yeah, he, the triangle and all that stuff, but what they knew how to do is they knew how to manage personalities. They know how to manage the big moments, the big stars. They know how to calm them down. They know how to have empathy. I think that's what the Tommy Lasorda's knew how to do as well, or Tommy himself. And so I want to bring it back. I don't want to take away from Bruce Star's moment, but I think you, you can't take away from the moment with Roberts and the relationship he has with his players that is translating on the field, that is putting them in the best position possible to win and be the best version of themselves as players. And uh, to capture a moment like that, I think was beautiful. So that was my big takeaway from yesterday. But yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. I thought it was just, it was just a beautiful moment. Yeah. And you even heard Roberts after the game saying, you know, that was like one of the most special moments like he's had in the game. Right. Um, to see that, you know, and, and, you know, obviously like I said, you know, he recognized that moment, how bigger than the game, right. For Bruce Dar and his mom, right. To, they hadn't seen each other like in seven years, right. It was something like seven years. They hadn't yeah, seen each other. Is. Yeah. Um, and I was watching the video that Dodgers posted. I think it's going to be on one of their backstage Dodgers where he goes to meet her at the, at the airport, right. Him and his family. And he gets to see her for the first time. Right. And they hug, they embrace, you know, he's crying, she's crying. And then she gets to meet her, her granddaughter. Right, who she never met either, right? So wow. I think that's going to be a pretty special episode. But yeah, I mean, just, and it's funny too, because like, you know, when she saw him, she's like, you're so big. Oh my God, you're so big, right? Because Bruce is a big dude, yeah, right? So, he hit the gym so, uh, since then. <laughs> so obviously seven years ago, he probably wasn't as big. And she was just like, wow, you're just so big, so big. And like, you know, it, like I said, a very special moment, you know, for, for them. Um, she finally got to see him pitch and, and, you know, he went out there and, you know, he did his job. And I mean, Bruce has been doing really good for the Dodgers as of late. So it's good to see. He really is. You know, the, the, the I've, I'm very encouraged by this series, you know, the pitching staff. I'm encouraged by the pitching. Look, our, our, our hitting has been fantastic all year long. You know, like they lost today, um, but they, they're not, they're not going to score five, six, seven runs every night. They've done it almost, almost every night, but they're not going to do it every single night. And then that's just the nature of the game. Um, but when they don't do it, that's when you expect your pitching to pick it up. And pitching the series has not been bad at all. You know, I think we were going to talk about Pepio as well. And I think when we transition to that, absolutely. I was impressed by what we have there. I think Pepio and my, or uh, uh, Mr. Popote, as my youngest daughter tra- tried to translate that the other day. But, you know, I-, I think has earned a spot in that rotation um, for the playoffs. I-, I think you're looking for consistency right now. The young guys are doing it. Gavin Stone, I think, is, is is kind of getting into a groove, you know, and if we can at least capture that for the next 45 days, then then I think we're in good shape. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, for as much of the praise I gave Dave Roberts, this is where he's going to earn his money going into the postseason. And I look forward to talking about this quite a bit with you guys over the next few weeks, because I think this is where, in my opinion, this is where b- baseball managers are made is the way they, they manage their pitching staff and their bullpen. And, um, boy, you talk about having to earn your money going into this postseason when you don't really have a traditional pitching staff. Um, you got a, a bullpen games, and you're going to have a staff made up of, of really young, up-and-coming guys. It's not even fair to put that much pressure, right? We're not talking about, hey, you're, you're, 
coming up to play for the Seattle Mariners in the first round of the playoffs. It's a little different than playing at Dodger Stadium in the first round, second round, and even in, into a World Series. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be tough. But I'm uh, I'm more encouraged today than I was, I would say, two three weeks ago. Going in, um, I I don't know how do you feel right now going in in these last few days. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not it's not your, your traditional like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna send in the playoffs. I got my number one, my number two, my my solid number three. Right. right, you have those guys. I mean, the Dodgers, they've been doing it all year. They've kind of been you know piecing together this this starting rotation, right? And and it's worked like, and we've seen now at the end towards the end of the season, they've been using kind of like a six-man rotation, right? Bullpen games, a piggyback. And Robert said it himself. I mean, it, it's working, right? It's working for them. And, and I think it's something that they're going to take in. They're going to take that into the postseason, right? I mean, you know, you'll have games where, you know, Pepio is, is the boat guy. He comes in or Yarbrough comes in after him. Or the same thing with Sheehan, you know, and then Yarbrough comes in. I mean, Yarbrough has been great, obviously, yeah. also since he came over, right? So that was a great pickup there. Um, you know, and we're seeing Sheehan learn. Um, Stone is the only one that I kind of have the question mark on. I, I, we were yeah. discussing this on the last episode. I don't think he will be on the, on the postseason roster. I mean, maybe kind of just depends on 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 how things play out. But I kind of still see him, see him as kind of he's still kind of kind of really learning a lot more. Yeah, he's, he's still he's, he kind of needs to pick up. You know, but you guys like Pepio. I think Pepio's got like what is it? Some like. 33 innings or something like that. He's got like a 1.7 ERA. So, I mean, Pepio, he's doing it. I mean, this is kind of what they expected from Pepio this year. And then he had that unfortunate injury at the, at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And we didn't get to see him till you know, a month ago or whatever it was. I mean, but he's, he's legit. I mean, he's, he's doing it. And he's, he's, and you know, put him up there with uh, Bobby Miller, Bobby Miller again today, he had a good outing, right? He think he had one run, one run in today's game. So Bobby Miller and you know, uh, Doc has already said, is one two is going to be Bobby Miller and Clinton Kershaw, so that's what we got for the for the postseason. You know, he he hasn't kind of said who who is going to be one. You know, one Kershaw, two Miller, or flipped. Um, a lot of people are looking into it because Kershaw is going to go Saturday, and then he's going to go the following Saturday. So they're already looking. He's probably going to he'd pretty much be lined up on like six days rest to start the the postseason the following Saturday after that. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it's a, it's it's really like I said, where you're going to have to earn your money there. I think they've done a really good job with it this year. I think they've done a, a pretty good job managing this, this the pitching staff, and I think they've also done a really good job in how they manage the lineup with the lefty righty situation and the platooning that they've done this year. Um, the way they've played Ryan Hayward, uh, Jason Hayward, Ryan Howard's a very different guy. I think I tried to blend the two, <laughs> Jason Hayward, and um and the rest of the staff and Kike Hernandez when they play the righty lefty and what they do with the pickup of, uh, of, um, of Rosario and some of the other guys there, they've done a really good job of playing to that. And they've been killing these other teams with JD Martinez and, and, and you have to give it to JD, by the way, he was out and came back like nothing and, and just came back from that injury and just still killing it. What a tremendous year this guy's having as a DH, um, Makes you wonder if you really do need Shohei next year, but <laughs> I know that's not the topic for today. But it, it's the the team is just the way we're really the way we're utilizing these guys, the way they're getting timely hits. Uh, I, I commend Roberts for that. I really do. I think that's important to do, and it's going to be even more important going to the postseason to play those matchups. And I think that's one advantage the Dodgers have that they're so versatile. 
And so it's not a situation where, oh, well, they're going to throw a lefty at us today we're, you know, or they're going to throw a right-hander today, and, and that puts us – there is no disadvantage. You pick your poison with the Dodgers. doesn't matter who you throw at the Dodgers. You're, you're going to have some bats at the other end, and you're going to pay a price. And they, they've done that all year. There, there aren't very many weak spots. The, the weakest spot could be, you could argue, Max Muncie, and the guy's still hitting 35 home runs or so, and his batting average has been a little bit better lately, getting some more timely hits. So if you call that a weak spot, I'll take that, right? I mean, the team is – is just gelling in terms of their, their bats. They're not going to be there every night, but boy, they, have they been there almost every night? And so, I, I like I think what the coaching staff is doing here as a whole. It's it looks like they have a, a strategy when they go in, and it, it tends to work really well. So I'm I'm hoping they stick to that going into the postseason. Yeah, and, and that's what I've kind of I mentioned before. Like that's what gives me hope in the in the in the postseason. Like one of the biggest things that we've kind of seen almost every year the Dodgers get into postseason is the bats kind of just go away, right? Once it hits October, they don't get those timely hits. And I'm hoping, and, and I feel pretty confident that these guys will deliver in October, right? These veterans, I think JD yeah. will, will, will come clutch, right? And, and, and having Hayward in there and, and, and Peralta, I think those guys are going to help out a lot to get those hits when they need them. And that's what I'm hoping is going to be the difference maker in, in, in this postseason run. Um, that we that Dodgers didn't have obviously like last year or you know prior years, so I'm hoping that those guys actually you know come through. But like you said, JD, I mean, hits two home runs the other night, right? He just comes off, you know, I think he's had like three over the last couple of days or something like that. But I mean, yeah. the, the guy can hit. He just goes up there and and, and he hits. So I'm really looking forward to to seeing uh, you know some just dingers in the postseason. <laughs> now, one bet that's cooled down a little bit though has been Mookie Betts. And should we be worried? Should that be a concern? Or is it just your typical, you know, you go through a few games of a slump? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I mean, after the 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 August that Mookie had, right? I mean, I right. mean, you knew he wasn't he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna you know stay with that, right? He wasn't gonna be able to continue that. I mean, I think he just needs to just play his game, right? Just continue to do do what Mookie does, right? I'm uh, I know that's kind of been a concern to people because like. At the end of August, everybody's like, "Oh, Mookie, Mookie's got the MVP, right?" I mean, but Acuna's kind of stayed the same, right? Acuna's still doing his thing. I'm trying, I'm trying to look at some of the numbers, see if if Mookie has fallen or or yeah, let's or, take a or, look at that. Where are the numbers at with with that? So, uh, in our I mean, Los MVP race. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Acuna kind of still leads a lot of those. You know, he's leading in in stolen bases, obviously the runs. Um, Let's see, OPS. Acuna has passed him. Uh, he's like 1.08, and Mookie's 1.05. So I mean, they're still tight. I mean, so I don't, I, I don't know how that that MVP race is gonna is gonna shake out. I mean, you know, one, you know, one week it's like Acuna, one week it's Betts. But I mean, I think I think Betts, um, he'll be fine. I mean, what my my vision, what I want to see, right? Like, I mean, they got. You know what? Eleven games, yeah. Maybe in the five, six that last week is when this team just starts gelling again, kind of like we saw in in August, and then they just put it in all cylinders just going forward. That's how I want them going into the playoff. Because remember, they're going to have that five day layoff, right? Yeah. So that you know, I don't know how that's going to affect them. You know, is it going to just like totally cool them off? Is it just going to recharge them? Um, I mean, we saw what happened last season you know hoping for we, we don't get a repeat of that but 
I'd like to see them going in hot. You know, if they have that little break, kind of cool a little bit, but just continue right right up when they start the next uh, the division round. Yeah, that that is tough when you have that lull. I think what makes you feel better, and you mentioned that earlier, is that this is a veteran ball club. And one thing I've noticed about this team, even though ball players hate the, the term choke, this team does not choke. Uh, if they don't get, if, if they don't have, if they strike out, if they didn't have a quality at bat, it's not because they had a moment where they just, they just had a, they just choked, so to speak, where they got too nervous or they were pressing. They just didn't get the hit, but this is the team that relaxes. They feel comfortable behind the plate um, and they're going to bring it. And, and that's what I like about that. It, it doesn't, nothing phases them. They're having fun. They're professionals about it. So that's what keeps me hopeful about this team is that there's a different level of maturity. Uh, they're goofy and they love to have fun but at the same time there's a level of, of maturity that you're seeing maturity as when they that they take on the field in their interviews when they're expressing themselves uh, and when, when they're talking about the team um it's it's business but a pleasure all mixed into one and they've done a a really neat job of that it's just it's been a fun fun ball club to watch so far and i think they're almost playing with this the sense of we weren't expecting no one was expecting us to be this good, but we know we know that we're this good. And, and they continue to surprise everyone. And I think they're going to continue to do that. Um, so I, it's that, that's why I think what makes this team special. Uh, and you've seen that in the past with certain teams. I always go back to, and you hate to say this, but the San Francisco Giants of the last decade, right? When they had that run where they won three World Series in five years. These were teams that didn't even win 90 games, I think. When you're, I think they had like 87, 88 wins one year. And they went all the way through. Um, you can call it a fluke. You can call it whatever it is. But they were gelling, right? It seemed like they had chemistry. They had these role players. And they had a, a, a team, a general management team, that was really good at, at picking guys like Peralta to, you know, uh, to be on their ball club, and they were just timely hitters. That's how I see this Dodger ball club. They, they just got the right group of guys. You feel pretty good about what they're going to do. And I'm going to give Andrew Friedman the credit he deserves there too. Um, I don't want to go off on a tangent about that, but I can't stress enough, look at what's happening to the San Diego Padres. And I think The Athletic just had a wonderful article that they put out, I think yesterday or today, or, or today, just completely destroying uh, uh, what's going on behind the scenes with Preller and uh, um, Bob Melvin and the disarray there. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I know this is the Dodgers podcast, but you, you, you know, at, at this point, you really can't ignore what's happening down there because when we talked many months ago, I mean, I, I'll admit, I'm not going to backtrack what I said. I thought the Padres were the team to beat. I predicted the Padres would win the division, and I was wrong. And but we're finding out that it's the chemistry is not there, right? And and the last thing I'll say, and I want to hear what, what you got to say is, when you got a team with the number one ERA in the National League, and they're not going to make the postseason, that's insane, Roger. I don't know if I've ever seen that in my lifetime. I'd have to go back, but that's insane, right? Yeah, I mean, like we said, you know, on paper, you know, they had. It looked like the team to beat, right? But, you know, we had Heath Bell on a couple of weeks ago, and he told us exactly everything that came out, you know, a couple of days ago, a week ago, in all those papers about Machado, about the team not gelling, everything. You know, he wasn't saying exactly like, it, it could be this, could be this, could be, you know, but it was exactly what what he was saying. And to me, like, you know, from the outside looking in, I've never seen, like, 
those players like I I don't see like a leader and, and kind of no. like whatever. There, there's no leadership there. Like I mean, they got stars, right? Machado, Tatis, Soto, right? All those guys, but they're all those guys are big, big head, big ego, right? And and I think that's the problem. Like they don't have, you know, all those guys are they might be just out for themselves. Like hey, I want I want to stab my. They all got big paydays, right? So maybe that's kind of been the most important thing. Soto's looking for a payday. <laughs> right so so i mean i don't know how like i said i don't know how much of of a team team you know players they are but from the outside looking in i mean i you know when i compare them let me look at those guys and then let me look at the dodgers freddie freeman and mookie betts how these guys play for each other yeah. how this entire dodger team plays for each other and you know and, and we mentioned this before too the manager right the manager i think has is, is huge to, to getting players especially players that are like superstar players to buy into a culture, to buy into how they do things. And every time that you talk to somebody about the Dodgers, Dave Roberts gets his team to buy in yep. whatever it is, right? You're, hey, you're going to come off the bench in the sixth inning, whatever. Hey, you're going to come out of the game in the second inning because they switch pitcher and everybody is cool with it. And I mean, I don't know if Melvin can do that, but I think, I think uh, that's where Robert really gets his, his props. And, and you know, I wanted to ask you this because now we're, this season, right, Dodgers weren't expected to do anything right. The pitching staff has been, you know, just pieced together, right? How do you think he'll do, like, in Manager of the Year award? Because I've heard a lot of people saying, like, you know, this he definitely this has probably been his finest year managing this team. I agree. I agree. I don't think I've ever said that on any podcast or any, any carne asada, whether on this carne asada or somebody else's. I don't think I've ever said this, but I'm saying it. He deserves it. He deserves NL Manager of the Year. I think he will get it. Absolutely, will get it. This team outperformed uh, what all, you know what anyone thought. We knew they were going to be a good ball club. We didn't think they were going to be a great ball club, and that's what they are. Um, regardless of whether they win the World Series or not, they've had a very, very good year. And and the Manager of the Year award is based on the regular season. And so what we've seen right now. It is his best masterpiece. And you're absolutely right. This is what great managers do. This is what Joe Torre did. So when I talked about Phil Jackson, you know, in basketball, and I, I wanted to talk about Joe Torre. This is who he was. It's not that Joe Torre was his baseball mastermind. Because let's call it what it is, especially in this day and age, the, the, the computer will do most of the work for you. You know, the analytics, you got a great, you got a big staff. I mean, you'll, 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 you know, you'll make or break some moves here and there as a manager during the game. But for the most part, it, it is what it is. It's those, it's everything in between that you just described, the nuances of, of how you get a team to buy in to a system, buy into a culture. That's what certain managers, and I go back to Joe Torrey in the 90s. It's why I was excited when the Dodgers landed Torrey um, back in, in the Frank, probably the only great thing that the Frank McCourt era did. And, and Ned Coletti, I thought, was a good general manager. He did what he could with what he had, but he talked about this too. And he was the right manager at the time because you remember that team. We had Manny Ramirez. That guy's that guy's tough to manage. Great personality. One of my favorite Dodgers of all time, by the way. Love Manny. I was all about it. Joe Torre was the right guy at the time. And 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 even though we didn't win the World Series, he made that team work. We had a good team with what he had. He'd done that in New York as well. That's the kind of guy that you buy when you go and you go out and you say, hey, Dave Roberts, I want you to coach this team. Bob Melvin, I thought, was going to be a good, a better coach. Um, I think people gave him credit because of what he did in Oakland with a really, you know, with, with what he was, the cards that he was dealt with year after year after year and Moneyball and all this stuff. But 
I think he's seeing now, like you said, you got all these egos. Can he manage that? And I think when you come from a small market like he did and never really had all these, uh, um, these aces on his deck, this is a tough challenge for him and it's not easy. And he's, and he's showing us that Dave Roberts really deserves a lot of credit. I tell you who deserves worst manager of the year. And that's maybe because I hate, I'm hating on him. Gabe Kapler. I love to see the fact that Gabe Kapler is not going to go anywhere. I don't like that guy for whatever reason. I've never been a Gabe Kapler fan, even when he was in the Dodger organization, but he got pretty mighty cocky when the, when the giants were, were getting, were hot stuff a couple of years ago but uh, and everybody was all writing that Gabe Kapler oh he must be this analytical genius and now he's got Zaidi out there down there and they haven't done shit and I'm not, I'm not gonna curse a lot of the show but I am when I'm gonna talk about the Giants they haven't done squat I'm loving it that guy's gotta go I'm not gonna turn this into Giants talk but I am for a second because I hate the Giants I think Gabe Kapler needs to go I think Melvin needs to go not that I care, but I, I just I, I want to see them crumble, and I want to show the rest of the world that you cannot underestimate the power of a good manager um, when you got a guy like Dave Roberts or a guy like Bruce Bochy. Who, and even then, the Rangers aren't doing as great as we thought at the beginning. But um, anyway, I, I don't know what your thoughts on the Giants too, where they're at. You know, it just there's a lot of work there to be done, but I think it starts at the top. Just a real quick tangent when you're talking about Ned Coletti and and Frank McCourt. Yeah, it, it, it's still pisses the crap out of me to this day that and and you know i think it, it annoys ned coletti too and we got we got to bring him on and talk about this but do you remember uh, 2008 right they got they got casey blake right I remember, yep and they were they were rumored to get um cc sabathia right i, I think they had, they had a they had a deal in place to get cc sabathia but it was going to cost the dodgers like like a million bucks and frank mccourt <laughs> said no nope, we're not paying anything and they didn't get Frank McCourt. They got Manny Ramirez too, right? That year too. So imagine a team with Manny Ramirez, Cecil Sabathia, right? I mean, Man. they were in the playoffs. I think they got to the NLCS that year. They right? did. They did. So I, I think they they would have won it that year. I think I I believe they would have won it that year if freaking Frank McCourt did not piss off that deal and like <laughs> just pisses it and and we never saw that. But were those the Broxton gonna... years? Was Brockstar our closer that year? I believe he was. I believe, yeah, I believe. When he blew that series against the Phillies, yeah, remember that yeah, walk-off yeah. five or six or something? Yeah, like, I, I, I still, I still remember that home run from freaking um, what was his name? Uh, the lefty. Yes, um, at Dodger I, I think it's it, it's still orbiting. It's still orbiting. I was I was in Dodger Stadium and just I remember I was, just I was there too. Thing. Just seeing that thing go out, go out. It's like, what the hell? But yeah. that hurt, man. Um, that was a fun year, but the ending really, really hurt that year in '08. Yeah. Absolutely right. But, but yeah, you know, but, but getting back to to the Giants, I mean, hey, uh, hey, as long as the Giants lose, I mean, I don't care what's going on. You know, if they want to have the crappiest manager and the crappiest front office, do whatever you got to do, right, to to continue to do that. But I've, I, I think I've heard something that I think they're pretty safe. So that gives me hope that they'll continue to suck going forward. <laughs> there you so. go. Yeah, I, I mean, we, you know, there's a lot of a lot of number of bad organizations that we're surrounded with in California now. I mean. Angels are atrocious. They, just, that's just a mess. The Padres are a mess right now. The Giants, kind of messy. Oakland, shit, they're not even in Oakland anymore. I mean, the top, that's a whole other topic maybe for our next episode is when we talk about baseball in California. Everyone is a mess outside of the Dodgers. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, um, but uh, it, 
it just it's, it's interesting to see some of these teams the way they're being mishandled and mistreated um by ownership and by management i just hope dodger fans are appreciative of what we have uh and what we've built and what not what we've i guess but what ownership has built and this ownership group has built to kind of hire the right people and get out of their way which is what i enjoy and i think that's you know kind of what what a lot of great organizations do and great owners do they don't make it about themselves you don't ever really see dodger ownership hanging around there and you know that you'll see them a lot more visible during the postseason and they're there but they trust their general managers they they trust their their management staff to run the show and they let them do their thing and they just there to sign the checks and it, it and i think that's that's something to be said there and it's why we've been so successful you see it in basketball also as well you see it in football that's why the Raiders can't win. And sorry, Raider fans out there, you're gonna kill me. But as long as you have that owner, you ain't going anywhere. And, and it's just, I'm just, I'm just the way I feel. Just like the Chargers, as long as you have the Spanos, you ain't gonna win anything. And so I know I'm gonna create a whole big can of worms with other fans that might be Charger and Raider fans. But ownership matters, right? It just really does. Yeah, and I think you know once, like you know, we said it time and time again. I mean, Dodgers just won their 10th division title in 11 years, right? And and those are the type of runs, you know, and I'll get it. People say like, yeah, but how many titles have they won? And that, I mean, even if you win 10, 10 division titles, you're not going to win the World Series every year, right? No. I mean, you're not even going to make it to the World Series every year. It's just, look at baseball. You don't have teams that win, you know, outside of the Giants and when they did the three out of five. I mean, you don't have teams that do that. That's, that's special when that happens, right? I mean, you right. don't have repeat, repeat uh, you know back-to-back you know world series titles or, or a team makes to the world series you might not see them for like five six years again like i mean it kind of the way baseball is like a team will get good and then a team will get bad yeah right i mean look at the washington nationals right they won in in in, in 19 right what happened to them right so the thing that the, the this dodgers ownership and and they're committed to is winning right and every year they're going to have a team out there that can get into the postseason and we said many times, once you're in the postseason, that's where you want to be because then anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just ask the 88 Dodgers, right? I mean, that was not the team that was picked to go all the way. People forget about that. They were a good team. But they weren't a great team. Um, but the, the Mets, by all means, should have been in the World Series, and they weren't. The Oakland A's, by all means, should have won the World Series, and they did it. You know, And so it it's, shows that it's, you get hot at the right time. But just like you said, you want to get in there, get into the dance, and anything could happen. So... You're absolutely right. You know, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, Roger, um, the murals, the new murals at Dodger Stadium and some of the changes to the aesthetics, I guess you could say, at Dodger Stadium as a result of Julio Diaz uh, no longer being with the team. And so it's, uh, you know, for me, uh, one of the things I'll reflect on that I was thinking yesterday when I saw that, I was watching some of that on TV. um, What a shame. The image, I think, that's been etched in our minds for the last three years since the Dodgers won the World Series is that final out in Texas with Julio Diaz making that final strikeout, got the guy looking and he's just pumping his fist and excited. Everyone running to the, you know, to him as, as you, that's always the moment that you capture when you win a World Series is at the mound. Right. And, and everyone just jumps on the pitcher and the catchers and all that stuff. That's, and I'm wondering, are, are we no longer going to see that? Are the Dodgers going to scrub that? from their videos try to scrub that from our memories i have mixed feelings about that i'm disappointed about that because that's a huge huge moment even though 
maybe the respect for that guy is gone, right? For Julio Diaz, not maybe. I mean, and it's just like, I guess it is for most people, you know, the, because of what what allegedly he he, he did. And I'll say allegedly because that's what we know right now. Um, so that's a shame for me as a, as a baseball fan. To hopefully that some of those things don't get taken away. Um, to me, that's an even bigger moment than a mural on a wall. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts kind of on that? I mean, I'm, I think you have to do what you have to do. You got to do the PR thing, right? You got to start. You can't have that guy's face all over the place, especially because of what he allegedly did. And so I think the Dodgers probably went about it the right way. It's just, it's a shame, right? It's a shame that it has to happen that way. Yeah, so I was I was in the stadium the other day, and I went because over the weekend, uh, it was it was it wasn't announced, but like uh, you know there was footage and and people were reporting that that basically because what uh, that mural that they have in the uh, right field loge area, it's kind of the twenty twenty World Series that depicts you know kind of the the highlights from twenty twenty. You have the Turner diving play, you have Mookie you know screaming, um, and then you have uh, Kershaw, and then you had Julio. In, in the center, right, and so he was kind of the, the centerpiece of that of that mural. And um, when the whole incident happened, they had it covered up, so they they put a tarp over it. And then over the last couple of days, they had Jonas Never go back out, who did the original piece, to go mm-hmm. and 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 modify it. So he went and he basically wiped out the middle section where Julio was at, and they added Will uh, Will Smith and Austin Barnes, who were a big part of uh, sure. that twenty twenty run as well. So now. That's the new mural. Um, they've updated that mural, and you know you can go see it when next time you go to the stadium. Um, but yeah, we, we were discussing the same thing. Like that's what everything that we've seen about 2020, that World Series, was that final out, right? And like, so what's going to happen? Are we no longer going to see the 2020? Are we going? Are we back to 88 or, until they win another another title? Like, like I mean, how are they going to handle that? Right? Are they? What are they going to do? It's like you can't take him out of there, right? He was there. He was the guy that did right. it. Right. So, what are they just not going to show it? I mean, what what's going to happen? Yeah, I, I would love to talk to someone on that end about that. I I, I would be okay with it because you can't take away from the moment he was part of the team. It's what happened. You're not. I don't think you're glorifying the guy by showing that moment. It's just a moment that happened within the team. Um, if they don't use it in their videos, uh, they'll probably cut to something else uh, where they won the championship. But at the end of the day, you, that's that's the moment. You can't take that away. Um, but it's disappointing. It really is. Dis- the whole situation is bad. Aside from baseball, as they say, it's bigger than baseball. You know, if, if everything that we're hearing is true, it, it's 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 pretty bad. Uh, and I'm glad that the Dodgers, I'm glad Major League Baseball, I'm glad that sports in general take these tough lines um, these tough stances, I should say, uh, against um, you know spousal abuse or, or or domestic violence and things like that. But um, yeah, it's it's as a fan of baseball, it it hurts, and I think not just a fan of baseball, but most of us or all of us here in LA, we just really, really were behind Julio, right? I mean, the guy was was uh, uh, becoming an icon, a chance to be a legend, and and it's just it's not going to happen. Um, but you know, what can you say other than I think the Dodgers are doing what they have to do. It is what it is. You know, they, they got to move on and they got to find a tasteful way to to be able to erase some of that. Um, speak, speaking of, of legends, though, I mean, they did put up another mural, though, of another legend of L.A. And that's uh, um, Mariachi Joe, Joe Kelly. <laughs> so there is a new a new mural of Joe Kelly in his mariachi jacket. It's this one is on the reserve level uh, on the third base side. There's an entrance right there as you walk in. It's across from the team store. 
there is uh, kind of like a famous artist, Jonas Never. He did one a couple years ago uh, in downtown, right yeah. at the back of a, of a, of a building. Uh, kind of that same 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 pose, same shot, uh, like from waist up. So that's that's the new one um, to coincide with his bobblehead that's happening on Friday night. Um, also Friday, he is doing a book side. And if you haven't gotten his book, I have it right here. It's called A Damn Near Perfect Game. Uh, Joe Kelly and Rob Bradford. I mean, great book. Uh, insights of of what it is to be a baseball player. And these guys aren't just, I mean, what we love about Joe Kelly is he doesn't sugarcoat things. He tells you how it is, how it really is, how the game really is. And it's all in, in this book. He's going to be doing a signing in Upland on Friday morning at 10. Uh, the place is called, uh, if you look up warrior for children, it'll come up. It, it's, um, it's, so it'll be, it's a hundred bucks. You get the book and, and Joe, Joe and Rob will sign the book. Um, it's for a great cause for their, that charity. Um, it's limited to a hundred people and they're getting close to selling out so uh i'm gonna make my way down there that morning trying to you know get some you know just cover it maybe talk to joe and, and rob have you but, read the um, book is it is it good yeah it's a real good book i mean we had okay. joe kelly and rob rafford on talking about you know all the stories that are in there um you know the joe kelly fight club i mean just everything every everything you want this like i said this side of of a baseball player kind of seeing what uh yeah what their life is like. I mean, it's a real, real, real good read. Um, but yeah, um, check out that mural too. It, it's pretty cool. Um, definitely, definitely a new, a new attraction. Like I said, when we had Joe Kelly on prior, we were, we were talking about like, dude, you're a legend in LA. And like, you'll always be a legend. And he's like tripping out. Like he was telling us a story where his, um, where he, the first, uh, when he came with Chicago and he, and he came into the, into the game, uh, that, that first time. And, um, his his wife got a text from Ellen Kershaw and she texted him, Legend Joe Kelly. And they're just tripping out, like, come on, Legend Joe Kelly. You, the wife of a real legend, you guys are a legend. The Kershaws are a legend in LA. And you're calling Joe Kelly a legend? I mean, the, and like I said, he's got a mural. He's got a couple murals up. Now, this mural, I expect this mural to be up at Dodger Stadium. Even, I mean, we don't know if Joe Kelly's coming back next year. I mean, See, I, I was going to ask you about that because I have mixed feelings about that mural. What if he doesn't come back next year? Do you keep the mural? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, like I said, like the other mural, the 2020 world, Justin Turner's on it. Um, but Justin Turner he, played for us for a very long time. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he, like he had more consistency. I love Joe Kelly. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to take away from the guy. But when I saw the mural go up, I go, well, is it too premature? Because he's probably not going to be. I mean, we don't know yet. But I'm thinking, I know it was a wonderful moment. Don't get me wrong. For the culture, for LA, it was just a wonderful moment. You know, with, uh, with Mariachi Joe, when, you know, when he got that, they took, uh, um, um, you know, got from, from the kid, from the Mariachi and the jacket, and then wore it at the White House. But he didn't, you know, I, I don't know if, if the mural, but maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm the only one who thinks that way. I mean, the, well, the thing with Kelly, too, and, the, and people get like, Joe Kelly has never been like, oh my gosh, this dude is just like the best reliever we've ever right. had, right? He he's never been that dude, right? But he, I think he did something, right? He did the, the thing with Correa, right? And then yeah. the Mariachi thing, yeah. and it just connected him to the city, right? And the fans, and kind of like all the fans, I think, got in his place with the Korea thing, like they just really connected with him from that. Yeah, and then the the Mariachi thing, that's what has made him, you know, an, an icon in LA, and I think. Like I said, even even you know if he'd leave and this would be his last stand with the Dodgers, I think they'll still be up because I think 
he was he's been a part of this team and you know the 2020 World Series and he's been a big part of that and I think you know and the fans really love Joe Kelly. No, they do. He's been a fan favorite. And the thing is that Dodger fans, we embrace when you come to this city and you embrace our culture, we're going to embrace you five times stronger. That's one thing I've noticed about that. And, and Joe has done that. And I think uh, uh, the, the Mexican-American community, the Latin American community, just the Dodger community in general really took a liking to the guy for who he is and the way he is. And he's, he is L.A. in the way he, he acts. And you're right. You nailed it. He's never he's not that guy. The guy's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's 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 a good pitcher, right? He's a decent guy. He's a decent pitcher. He's, he's, he's he played his role with the Red Sox or with the Dodgers, but I think it's what he brings to the clubhouse that has been uh, more amazing and and to the to the to the city. Uh, he's been fun, um, but it goes back to what we said earlier. The Dodgers know how to piece these guys together, right? They know who he is. They know what to expect from Joe Kelly. And if you know how to use him the right way, he's going to be effective and he's going to potentially help you win a World Series. And and it goes back to us getting the right, the Dodgers getting the right people in the right place and, and guys like Kike and Joe Kelly and all that to bring them back. Uh, you know, it's 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 working. It's gelling one way or the other. So Yeah, and, and you know, like you said, I mean, this team, I mean, they're superstars, but it's not a team full of superstars like yeah. we've seen in the past. Like they've had, you know, three, four, five, six guys. They have some superstars. And then they have guys that fit and make this team work. And I think you need that, right? You need those those pieces of the different different type of core guys, the glue guys that that help you win in in whatever it is that they do, the little things that they do here the right way, and the little things they do here, and and they put it all together. And that's kind of what has shown this season that has worked for them. And you know, we look forward to seeing that work in the postseason. Absolutely. All right. Do we want to talk about predictions here in the next few uh, few days, in the next week? What do we want to do? Yeah. So let's let's, let's start wrapping this thing up. So we got so we got uh, four coming up with uh, the Giants, right? And then we have what is it? Four with uh, is it the Rockies? The Tuesday, so. Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. And then four with the Rockies. Um, so we have eight games coming up. So four with the Rockies, four with the Giants. Is it really just eight games? Wow. Eight okay. eight games, yeah. And then, then then the final weekend in San Francisco, and that's it. And that's going to close out the year. Okay, there we go. Okay. So we want to go all the way through, or do we want to just no, pick? Uh, we'll, we'll do the eight games. The next, we'll next eight, eight games until next, next Thursday. Games. All right. Let's see. I'll jump into it. You know, I, for some reason, I feel like we're going to split the series with the Giants. I don't know why. I don't want to, obviously. But I think realistically, for some reason, the Giants are just going to be super hungry. And I think it's going to be a split with San Francisco. I'm going to say we get three out of four from the Rockies. So, um, yeah, I think three and one with the Rockies. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say we go five and, is that five right? and five three. And three? Yeah, five, I'm going to do five and three. Okay. So... Like I said, the Giants are playing really bad on the road. Um, so I'm going to – I think the Dodgers will take three out of four, and then I think they'll do the same with uh, Colorado. I know Colorado's weird because there's always something that happens and something <laughs> always goes wrong over there, but I still think they'll get three out of four. So I'm going to go uh, six and two for this uh, final stretch. All right, six and two and five and three. I hope you're right. I hope it's six and two. And I'd love to see them fall. Yeah. 
I'm trying. I'm trying to. I, I'm not sure if anybody won last week. I know. I know. I was out. I know Juan was out. I know Amy was out. I'm not sure if any if our listeners said five and one. Um, but we'll we'll look at we'll look into that and update the the scores. Uh, the last time week. I was on this show, I predicted five and two, and then that's when they tanked. Remember, they, and I think they went two and five the next <laughs> seven games. It was completely opposite. It was like a couple of weeks ago, and and that was a, a disaster. I'm sitting there watching, like, oh man, I, I, I was far off. I forget. I think it was the Marlins we might have been playing. I forget who it was, and we just did not have a good little stretch of that week. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see them finish strong. We, uh, I think at least a split, but I think they have a good chance of three out of four from the Giants. Yeah, um, I hope so. Like I said, the pitching still kind of it's always up in the air. I know uh, Friday they don't have a, a a starter yet determined for that game. Um, who do they have? Uh, uh, to actually, yeah, Friday they don't have a, and tomorrow's going to be Sheehan. So tomorrow's probably going to be a piggyback game. That first game of the series probably it'd probably be like Sheehan, and then probably like Yarbrough. Um, Nothing for uh, nothing for uh, Friday, Kershaw Saturday, and Lance Lynn on Sunday. So we'll see. All right, right. Well, well done, my friend. This was great. Another good hour here on the Bleed Lows podcast. We want to thank all of you for listening, for tuning in, for allowing me here to keep the seat warm for Juan as he's doing a lot of hard work at Dodger Stadium, probably wrapping up as we speak right now uh, on his way home. So Juan, I hope you drive safe and and you're doing well and get you back over here. And, uh, you know, hope you join us again soon again. And want to remind you that this episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.